What is up, everyone? Jason Vest of the After Red Podcast. And man, 10 Cup Chalice really hits home, especially as we wind up the end of summer here and we get ready to embark on a new school year, 2018 and 19. Here we come. Um, You all are in for a treat today. I feel like I always say that, um, but I, I really do mean it. Every guest that we have on the show has just been utterly amazing, and I just can't believe that this is the 20th episode, and what better way to kick that off, to highlight that, uh, than to have um, the guest today, Jay Billy. Jay Billy is principal. Uh, Jay Billy is the best-selling author of Lead with Culture, and you're just going to hear um, some just really outstanding insights from a guy who just gets it and uh, just so humbled to have him on the show. You're going to hear him talk about culture, of course, risk-taking, innovation, and just what we can really do to get kids ready for life after Ed. Um, My favorite part of the whole interview, though, was uh, an anecdote in there about Jay trying to get the community involved to come out and watch the solar eclipse and how his plan was not quite as good as... A six-year-old. So, everybody, without further ado, please tune in. This is Jay Billy. All right, um, we should be good. Okay, uh, everybody, welcome to the After Red podcast. Today, I'm fortunate to have with me principal and author of Lead with Culture, What Really Matters in Our Schools, Jay Billy. Jay, thank you for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Jason. I'm excited to do this. I appreciate it, sir. Uh, so, look, let's just get right into it. Um, who influences culture the most in a school building? Wow. That's a, that's a big question. Um, every single person uh, has an influence. The students, the parents, the, the teachers, the administration. So, um, who influences the most? Hmm. Um, well, I guess, you know, it starts at the top, but really, um, culture is something that everybody takes a part in. It, everybody, everybody needs to um, understand that uh, in order to have a good, thriving culture, we all play part, a part in it. All right. So one of the important things uh, I know that you believe in is taking risks uh, as being something that's essential to um, or or something that you want to have be a part of your culture there. So why is risk taking so important in, you know, always been in schools, but especially in 2018? Well, um, risk taking is important um, because uh, it's important that students learn to um, take chances in their learning and in their lives in order to grow and become better. So if they see teachers taking risks and teachers see principals taking risks, then they're more likely to take risks. And um, the world is not a, pl- uh, uh, a place where um, mediocrity, mediocrity um, 
brings us success. And in order to succeed, we must step outside the box and really do something different. Um, so that involves taking risks. Yeah, and you talked about modeling, and this is no uh, this is no shot at my principal. My principal is great. He has allowed me the freedom and autonomy to sort of pilot and do the things that, that I've been doing um, this past year. Um, but he's not really um, taking risk uh, like you are in, in the sense of, of what you do. Uh, so what, how does your, I'm just curious, how does your, your staff respond to you true, really and truly putting yourself out there and taking risk in that regard? Well, um, uh, interestingly enough, um, I, just, I just got transferred to a new school. Okay. So we see how that happens. My old staff, um, the first time I showed up at a staff meeting dressed as a pirate, or the first time that I um, introduced a snowball fight where we were throwing paper wads at each other or had to burst balloons or do something, um, I think a lot of them kind of struggle with that, uh, um, didn't understand it. Uh, but as the more and more they saw it, the more and more... They realized the reasons I was doing it, and also the discussion of why I'm doing it. Um, doing something different, taking risks, trying something different. Um, every time I introduce a new technology to them, um, things that I don't often use, but I know that are good for kids, I think that is is what's important. So um, the staff responded really great. Uh, more, most importantly, I love... I mean, I share, you know, we talk about just like you should share with kids, you know, the reasons that you do things. I share with my staff the reasons that I do things. I want to see them taking chances with different things. And if I model it, then they're going to they're going to model it. And I think then the kids will feel comfortable when a mistake is made that they know that it's not the be all and all. They can go forward and learn from it, too. Yeah, that's that's so powerful, and uh, I'm sure uh, as a byproduct of you doing some of those things, but also at the same time, uh, I know a core element of what you believe in is bringing some fun back to education and having uh, the day in and day out be enjoyable. So uh, I know this is another loaded question, but uh, how do we get students and teachers to both walk in and out with smiles on their faces in our buildings? Well, again, again, it, it starts with modeling it. Um, I take what what I do very seriously, but I don't take myself too seriously. Yeah, you understand what I mean? Yeah. I uh, I take what I do um, immensely seriously. Uh, our job as educators is to um, give these students opportunities to change the world, and um, we know that in order to, for them to learn, they need to be engaged. In order for them to be engaged, we got to build those relationships and make school a place where it's fun and enjoyable and interesting and give them opportunities to explore their passions and go beyond what the old curriculum says. And um, the fun part is, you know, if I'm smiling in the morning and then the kids are smiling, or if I can make a kids, the kids laugh as they're coming off the bus, that's an awesome way to start the day. Or if I can make teachers smile in the middle of the day. And we talk, I mean, again, it's a conscious effort to do that. Yeah. Because, uh, you, you know, we, we know that if, if the kids are smiling when they leave, or if you hear them talking at the end of the day, that was the best day ever, you know they're ready to come back the next day. And that's what I try to do. You know, we want to do every day. I, I, um, you know, 
one lesson at a time, one experience at a time, one day at a time, and to, to make it 180 days of amazing. Uh, that's great. And, um, you know, I, I am curious, and, and this is, I think this is important for people to hear, um, this this innovation class that I that I started this year, and I'm not sure how familiar you are with it. Essentially, we uh, were able to partner with a higher ed university, and uh, we launched a, a course for eighth graders uh, rooted in design thinking and entrepreneurship. And uh, you know, it was authentic. The kids had fun, and you know, lo and behold, um, the evidence was there. It was just the the best thing that the kids had ever been a part of. And you know that really what I try to do was make sure uh, to use um, uh, one of Dave's quotes and then uh, you know one I've heard you say too is I tried to make every lesson something that uh, people would actually want to pay money to Uh, and you know the kids were part of that creation but I tried to do that every single lesson I've I've heard teachers say, and, and I've been a part of this too, where they have said, you know, you're going to have your off days and you know, some, there's just not a place for, you know, fun and innovation or whatever on certain days. But I would argue that there always has to be. Everything we do has to be that way. I, I, I kind of agree with you. Like I said, um, my goal is, is to, to um, make my school the place that everybody wishes they sent their kid to. And then, in, in turn, every teacher should make their classroom the place that every kid wishes they were in, you know? And and um, if you have a, a building full of those type of experiences happening every day, um, you've got some good things going on. Yeah, you know? exactly. So I mentioned what? innovation before, um, and like a lot of things... Um, Innovation, I feel like, has become a, a bit of a buzzword, a word that educators and, and other individuals use, but um, don't really understand it. So uh, I'm curious, in your opinion, what is innovation, and really, why is it so important uh, in the classroom today? Um, innovation really is um, taking ideas and putting them into action. Um, so, so even if it's a small tweak to something that was done before, you want kids asking questions. Um, the biggest, the biggest thing that's involved in innovating is, uh, you know, being able to generate those questions that go beyond what's already known. So, you know, you take those questions and you go further. You do something that's going to change the world. You take, you, know, you take, take a um, a small thing that somebody else is doing, change it just a little bit. That is really what innovation is. Innovation is making um, a day special and enjoyable for the kids, but it's also um, growing them in a way that, you know, the standards um, don't really give you an opportunity to talk about. So, um, for instance, you know, you the, the, the next-gen science standards are, are, are a great way to look, look at things, you know. That one of the big things in the next generation science standards is um, natural phenomena. So, t- you know, you're innovative if you look at things differently and look at the world differently and you take opportunities like we, you know, you saw last year we had the, the, the solar eclipse. You know, we, we had an amazing solar eclipse party in the middle of the summer. We didn't have school that day. Um, I had 100 people there to celebrate the solar eclipse. Wow. And 
the kids got a chance to see something they might not have normally seen. And the coolest thing about that was, interestingly enough, we, you know, we had kids with glasses, you know, everybody had glasses and looking at the solar eclipse. But um, we went into our all-purpose room and all our upper windows are frosted. You know, you're not supposed to look at the, directly into the eclipse or all those things. Interestingly enough, a six-year-old goes, look at that. And you look up at the frosted window and you can see a perfect picture of the eclipse, you know, in the frosted window. Now, you're not supposed to look at it, obviously, but through the window that was already frosted, you could see the perfect eclipse without glasses, which was such an awesome thing that came from just doing something differently and then thinking about differently and then letting the kids lead us. Yeah, how yeah. cool. I mean, that, that's great. And uh, you really hit a, a key point, letting letting the kids lead us. We had, um, we're recently in the process of shaping uh, our new profile of a graduate uh, here in Virginia. And so, of course, each locality is adopting their own. And um, we were fortunate enough um, in my class to have a few kids come in and kind of represent the middle school side of things. And I, I'll tell you, Jay, um, we, the adults were needed to get the ball rolling just to get the conversation started but man once it got started those kids did not need us anymore they, they could have run the show all day without us yes all right well like i said um the kids will lead and, and so that's why even at the you know the, i'm i'm in pre-k through three building you know if the kids have an idea i try to encourage that because again if it's something they're passionate about um they're going to make a difference. They're going to make a difference. And like you say, you get you give those kids a class, opportunity like yours in your class, um, and you give them a little voice, they're going to go with it. You got it. Uh, I know one of the critical components we talk about all the time is getting all stakeholders involved and, and we always talk about the teachers we always talk about the students but sometimes um, we forget about the families and I know that um, bringing everybody on board is, is something that you truly believe in um, so when we're talking innovation we're talking doing kind of new things that get away from that traditional industrial education model um, what's the sell to parents like how do we get parents on board to change the way that they view uh, the purpose of schooling. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a difficult one. I, I think it's through education. You know, um, continually talking about. Uh, I tell a story about. That's <clears throat> I, I do like you say bringing parents in. So we just did, simply it was a beautiful night. We're gonna. I, I put a message out. Hey, pop schools on the playgrounds. Um, buy you know you buy. 100 popsicles, that doesn't cost me anything. You know, 100 people show up with their kids, and, you know, for an hour, we're hanging out. So I'm on the playground, and the parent says to me, you know, I really love your school, I love all the things you guys are doing, but um, I really wish you, you know, or could you talk to your teachers about giving a little more homework? You know? <laughs> and so... A half hour later, after I lectured her about why, you know, why I won't talk to my teachers about giving more homework, um, I think she understood, you know. I, so I think it's the education piece. You know, many of our parents were brought up in that age where you sit and get. Yeah. And um, you're given worksheets, and that's, you know, the, the expectation. Instead of giving ch kids a chance to to think and be curious and wonder and get out in the world and see things. And, and when they, 
when we teach them and share that with the families, they get it. They do, they do get it. They see their kids growing exponentially and thinking on their own, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, you're you're spot on. I th- I think that um, it's really it's hard for people to think abstractly about you know new ideas and new ways to to teach kids, especially like you said when when most of them, most of us, had the sit and get um, type of schooling, and uh, it didn't really uh, you know it was didn't really hit home um, with the parents of this class that that I referenced before until we had an event where we planned. Um, we basically came up with a business pitch, and we invited local entrepreneurs in. We sat down and we had dinner, kind of a working dinner, uh, and the kids got feedback. And the parents were invited too, and they sat there at the table with their kid and heard them and saw them, um, you know, just halfway through the year how much they had grown. So I think you're right. We we really got to be intentional about educating them, whatever that looks like. We can't just assume that parents should get on board. Well, then, like I said, I, I think a lot of times. Um, parents don't understand because of the way they were raised and the way they were schooled. So, you know, learning through play is not not something they understand or learning through doing is not something they understand. And that is, um, you can see how that, that helps growth. You know, you can share data. Um, that is always helpful. Like I said, at the end of the year, if you can show the growth the data, um, that sells it even more for them, but but they you know again until until parents see that and they're not involved in education, so they don't get that whole part. Right. All right, Jay. I want you to look into your crystal ball, and I want you to tell us what the future looks like and how we get teachers and students ready for it. Oh wow! Again, these are some deep questions. <laughs> okay, what the future looks like. Um, Obviously, nobody knows what the future looks like. Of course. But, but what I do know is that if we teach our students how to learn, how to think on their own, how to think critically, how to examine the facts and examine um, media and examine things, then um, we have a better chance of having um, a better future. I think the... Um, the world is continually changing. You know, uh, I don't know what, the, I forget what the percentage is, but you know, by the time our little ones become big ones, you know, there's only 20% or 25% of the jobs that are there now will still be jobs. Most of them will be something else. So we don't know where they're going. So they need to be able to collaborate, you know, the, the C's. They need to be able to collaborate, critically analyze things. Um, they need to be able to, um, be curious and, and ask the right questions. They need to be able to to um, go out go outside the box and um, come up with ideas that no one's ever thought of before. And if we're teaching those things and sharing those things and giving them opportunities to do those things, um, the future will be bright. Uh, the there needs to be an understanding. Also, I think, um, and I think it's happening. Um, you know, we start at the bottom and move up, but you guys in the middle are doing it too. Um, uh, of you know, the getting rid of the standardization piece piece of learning, where not every kid has to learn everything the same, and really 
giving them the opportunities to do that. I think colleges are starting to understand this. I know, um, as I said, elementaries are starting to understand this, that the grade isn't the most important thing, you know? And so the future looks bright for our schools as long as people like you, um, you know, and a lot of great educators are out there, you know, sharing these ideas and and doing these things. I know, um, and I'm sure you're familiar with Don Wetrick's work in Indiana, you know, and you guys are doing that now in the middle school, which is awesome. Um, but giving kids opportunities to do these things because they're the ones that are going to change the world. Um, the ones that are in our schools right now, um, we, we have to put it in their hands, um, for our kids, our grandkids, you know, um, to make things better. So I think the future is bright because there's people like us that are doing things differently and fighting the system, uh, and fighting the standardization as best we can. You know, we make our marks and we do our things, but more importantly, we're, we're creating citizens that think critically and that ask questions and, and search for answers and do it in a different way. Couldn't have said it better. Um, Jay, um, that's, that's a tough part of the interview. I got ten questions I ask guests at the end. Uh, the only, uh, I guess, rule is that uh, you try to answer them as quickly as possible. You ready? <laughs> I did the best I could. All right. So, Jay, coffee, tea, or water? Coffee. Back roads or interstate? Back roads. By the fire or by the beach? Beach. Best concert you've ever been to? Best concert. I, a million times Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. Good deal. Uh, favorite team in New Jersey? <laughs> That's a tough one. I'm a Yankees fan. <laughs> Nice <laughs> nice too. <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, three people you'd like to have dinner with tonight. Three people I'd like to have dinner with tonight. Um. Well, I'd like to meet you, Jason. All right. Jason, that's Dave Burgess and Eddie Roosevelt. That'd be a heck of a dinner. So we're in Jersey. Uh, where would you take us to eat? <laughs> oh boy! Um, we would have to we would have to go to um, uh, a local pizza place, Nino's. Right, good enough. All right, um, Jay. Last book that you read that really um, impacted you, made a difference. Well, uh, my friend Tara Martin just uh, wrote, uh, just put out real, um, be real. And um, her book is awesome for new, uh, for all educators to really talk, you know, educate from the heart, be real, educate from the heart. Um, that's the last book I, I finished. I'm in the middle of about three right now, but her book is a game changer for educators. All right, Jay, other than you, um, and you just mentioned Tara Martin, so I'll go ahead and put her name out there, but who should everyone be following right now? Oh, well, you know Dave Burgess, you know Beth Huff and Shelley Burgess. Um, you know, George Koros, if you want to talk about innovator, innovation, um, you know, there's a million great people on, on Twitter. You want to, you want to know, um, anything about anything, 
follow Jerry Blumengarter. Jerry has he has a page for that. So you want to know about um, where Twitter chats are? He has a page for that. You want to know about? Um, hey everybody, what's up? Jason Vest here from the After Red Podcast. Look, we are growing. We are having amazing guests on, but we need you to subscribe. We need you to refer guests for the show. We need you to go and leave reviews only to help us get better and spread our message. If you love what you hear with the podcast, head on over to Twitter at Mr. Vest RVA. Instagram is the same name. Give me a shout out there as well. Also, if you want to check out what my students are doing from this innovation class that I always reference, check them out on the various social platforms at InnovateHC. That's the number eight, InnovateHC. Thank you, guys. Enjoy your day.